Well, praise the Lord. This is Pastor Jerry coming to you with the Word of God once again. It is always an honor, always a privilege to bring you the Word. Praise God. I'm so grateful that you're connecting with us, whether it be uh, by podcast, Vimeo, however it is. Praise God. Roku. Amen. We're just so grateful that you're connecting with us. Once again, we're going to dive into the book of Romans, chapter 5 once again. We've been talking about reigning in life on our midweek services, praise God. Reigning in life. So let's go ahead and read our our text and uh, dive into it a little bit deeper today, praise God. Verse 17, please, of Romans 5, and it says this, For if by one man's offense, talking about Adam, okay, by one man's offense, death reigned, through the one, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Praise God. Of course, there's where we get our title here for this series. Verse 18, therefore, as through one man's offense, talking about again, Adam, judgment came to all men, all right, resulting in condemnation, okay, in other words, because of the sin resulted in condemnation, guilt, shame, all those kind of things, all because of what one man did. One man's decision affected the whole race, affected all mankind, all right? And it resulted in the condemnation. Even so, though, here we go, even though through one man's righteous act, now talking about what Jesus did, the free gift came to all men resulting in justification of life. And, of course, the free gift he's talking about here is righteousness, is what we focused on last week, praise God. But he said, by the receiving of that free gift, it resulted in justification of life. In other words, justified, never done it. So that, that, uh, that hold that sin had on mankind, now that his, the sin's grip has been broke, okay? So verse 20, uh, actually verse 20, 19, pardon me. For as by one man's disobedience... Many were made sinners, here we go, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. And of course, again, we focused on that last week, how one man's choice affected everybody and made them sinners, made them sinners, okay? In other words, they were born, every man from there on was born under a sin nature, but then what Jesus did, amen, through the, the obedience and the righteous act that he did, amen, then resulted in justification of life for all mankind. In other words, made them righteous or justified, praise God. So just like Adam affected all mankind, Jesus did something that was far greater than anything Adam did, amen, that affected mankind, made us the righteousness of God. Oh, hallelujah. Verse uh, 20, moreover, the law entered uh, that the offense might abound. In other words, um, the sin, uh, the mistake, whatever. So when the law when the law came, what it did is it magnified sin in the sense that it, 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 you recognize then the fact that that is sin, that is wrong before God. So, so what he's saying here is when the law came in, all right, the doing of, really a, when you look at the law, the law is about, about a list of do's and don'ts. It's about the doing of. It's about, uh, you know, having to do this and not do that. When you kind of look at what the law is, it's about everything being done and performed by your own strength and your own abilities. He said, don't do this and do this and don't do that and do this. You know, and so you, you'd walk that out. But what happened was it magnified sin. So in other words, what happened is, you know, you realize that 
when I don't do what I should do, that's sin. When I, when I uh, do the things that I shouldn't do, that's sin. See, that's the thing. And so he said the law entered. Here we go. Let me read it again. The law entered that offense might abound, but here we go, where sin abounded. Okay, and this is what we're going to focus on today. Where sin abounded, grace, here we go, abounded much more. So that as sin reigned in death, even so, amen, grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Of course, we're going to talk about grace today. So let's back up to our key verse, verse 17. And it says, For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more those who receive, remember that word, lambano, which means to take hold of, to seize it, praise God, uh, to seize what's been offered, to take hold of what's been offered, amen. And this has been our focus on this thing, is about receiving what's been offered, amen. Not trying to earn it, not trying to work hard enough to get it, amen, but receiving what's already been done, what Christ has already done for you and me. Receive what he's, what he's offering, praise God, amen. So it says that we're called to receive, it says the abundance of grace, okay, the word of to abound or abundance of. In other words, you're not going to run out of grace, okay, is what he's saying. The word grace, charis, means, uh, you know, a gift, a favor, um, um, a benefit, all right, but it means a divine influence. In fact, just your concordance definition, a divine influence upon the heart and then its reflection in the life. In other words, God divinely influencing you, your, your center, your core, the heart of man. He's talking about the core, the real you, the, 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 the will of man, the seat of control is what that means. So the influence or impact or impart, amen, to empower you so it could be then reflected in your life. So he said we're called to receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness, amen, which means a place of right standing, okay, rendered right, right standing with, justified, justification, amen, uh, equity, having rights and privileges. All of this is referring to uh, this word righteous. What it means to be the righteousness of God means you're in a place of right standing with. It literally refers to being in a place as if sin was no more, okay? Uh, so uh, we're talking about uh, you know, just uh, this reigning in life, well, the way that's going to have to happen is you're going to have to receive grace, this abundance of grace, and receive that free gift of righteousness so you can reign in life. So let me define that real quick and then kind of get with it here. Uh, the word reign, again, means to rule in dominion, uh, to obtain royal power, to exercise kingly influence and control, all right, and as you dive in a little deeper with that word, as I've brought out here in the last couple of weeks, uh, that the word reign means the basis and foundation of power, okay? It means a strength to govern, a confidence to win, a stability to hold sway. All of this is coming out of because of the fact that you are receiving the abundance of grace and of that free gift of righteousness. And as a result of it now, you can reign in life, you can have confidence. You can have assurance. Amen. You can uh, you can hold hold uh, you know hold steady and stable. Praise God because of the fact you know who you are. As we've been bringing out, you are the righteousness of God. You are in right standing with God. That's who you are. Amen. You receive that. Now, if you notice in this verse here, it mentions the abundance of grace, 
and of the gift of righteousness, okay? And, but yet we first started with, you know, talking about more about uh, righteousness than we did grace. And the reason I did that, and I think I did make mention of it last week, but, but I'm going to do it again today. If you get down further, uh, in, in, you know, at the end of the chapter here, he says that grace reigns through uh, righteousness. So that's why I started with righteousness, because if you have an understanding of what righteousness means, that you uh, have received a free gift of right, if you understand that you're in right standing with God, amen, then you know that you have access unto God based on what Christ did, not based on you being good enough or you doing enough good works. You have access unto the Father based on what He did. And as a result of it then, that divine influence or that grace then is able to come upon you to empower you to do the things that you're called to do, praise God. So that's why I, I, I took the time to, to talk about righteousness before I did grace, okay? I hope that made sense. But anyway, let's talk some about this thing called grace, amen? The abundance of grace. What does that mean? If we're called to reign in life, well, you're going to have to have you know, you're going to have to have a hold of this. You're going to have to understand what it's about. If we're going to be successful, if we're going to have the basis and foundation of power in our life, then we not only got to have an understanding of righteousness, we, we need to understand what grace is all about, all right? And as I said, the, the, uh, just a concordance definition, okay, uh, is, uh, you know, a gift, uh, a benefit, a favor, but it then defines it as a divine influence, Okay, and that 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 divine influence, that impact imprint. Okay, that uh, uh, affect that word. Uh, let me see if I can find it here. The word uh, influence. It means also the capacity or power to produce an effect on or in some in in or on somebody. All right, the capacity or power to produce effects on or in another. Okay, there we go. So influence. So a divine influence. So when we're talking about grace, in order to have the grace, you got to connect with Mr. Grace. That's what it's talking about. So if you want to be divinely influenced, then you got to hang out with Mr. Divine, okay, who can then influence you. You know, right now, um, I'm, in a sense, influencing you, okay, because you have you know, you're connecting, you're listening in, you're watching how it is that you're receiving right now. See, I'm able then to influence you because you're connecting with me. Well, when we're talking about a divine influence, it's the same thing. You have to connect with Mr. Divine in order to be influenced, okay? If you don't ever spend any time with Mr. Grace or Mr. Divine. Come on, somebody. If you don't ever spend time with the one who wants to influence you, come on now, you'll never be influenced. All right? Now, just hang on to that, okay? Because we're talking about uh, receiving, receiving that influence to change your life, to empower you to live things right. Amen. So he, he not only made a way for you to come unto him through that free gift of righteousness, he also then, once you come unto him, he wants to empower you. If you recall the last couple of weeks, we talked about that whole plan of redemption. Everything that was all based on this, restoring fellowship and communion uh, between God and man. Well, how did that have to happen? Well, you had to make a way 
For man, regardless of the past, regardless of the mistakes, regardless of the shortcomings, he had to make a way so he could come unto the Father. All right? He made a way for him to come unto the Father, and then once you come unto the Father, now you're in a position to be influenced, amen, or empowered, imprinted, praise God, influenced, amen, your core, your center, so then it could be reflected, praise God, and you could be able to walk this thing out, amen. It just takes a lot of the work out of it, amen. So anyway, praise God. So with that said, um, let's see here. Let's go. Where do I want to go here today? Let's see here. I want to talk. Let's do this. Um, Let's go to Hebrews 4. Hebrews 4. Okay, and on the way there, I want to maybe just for sake of time, I think I'm going to just give you some references here. Uh, So um, the Scripture says this. Okay, this is really a Bible a Bible definition, okay? Now, we have, I've given you the concordance, you know, the Greek word defined, charis defined, as far as grace defined. But the Bible also kind of gives an idea of what grace is. In Scripture, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, he brings out that his grace is his strength. Okay, so now keep that in mind. In Acts 4, verse 33, he brings out that that uh, his grace is his power, okay? He talks about great grace, and then later refers to it as the great power, okay? Uh, in the book of Acts also, in verse 11, or chapter 11 this time, verses 21 uh, through 23 right in there, he talks about the grace of God being the hand of God. So we're seeing that when you're talking about a divine influence upon the heart, we're seeing God's strength, God's power, God's hand at work. Now, I'm just going to say this to you, okay, ma'am? Just toss this out here. If we're not seeing God's strength, if we're not seeing God's power, if we're not seeing God's hand at work, there could be a good chance there's no grace, okay? So you need to grab hold of that because sometimes there's a little bit of a misunderstanding about grace. A lot of times, you know, grace gets, you know, you know, a little bit mixed, mixed up a little bit with uh, a thing called uh, mercy. Sometimes it gets thrown together, mercy and grace, and a lot of times when it's talked and discussed, they shove them together like they're the same thing, which they're not. And we're going to see that here in Hebrews 4, all right? So let's go to Hebrews 4, hallelujah, and take a look at this. In verse 16, a common text, okay? But it's necessary to get a hold of this, okay? In verse 16, it says, Let us therefore come boldly, in other words, confidently, hello, uh, to the throne of grace, okay? Now, I'm just going to toss this out here again. Now, why are you able to come boldly to the throne of grace? Why, why are you, how is it that you're able to come with confidence to the throne of grace? Well, it's because of the fact you're in right standing. A lot of people don't come to the throne of grace, won't, won't spend time there because of guilt, shame, condemnation, whatever, uh, you know, for fear, it could be all kinds of different reasons, but the bottom line is, if somebody doesn't know that they have a right to be there, all right, they won't go there. But the reason you can go there with confidence, the reason you can go there with assurance, the reason you can go there, praise God, it says here boldly, I mean, that's what it means. Hallelujah. If you can go there with confidence and assurance, is because of the fact that you have rights to be there. 
Amen. You have a right and a privilege to be there because of the fact that you are the righteousness of God. So now you're going unto the Father, the throne, he calls it here, the throne of grace. Amen. Amen. Why are you going to the throne of grace? Because you need grace, right? So you're going to the throne of grace, but it says there's two things mentioned here. It says that you may obtain mercy, in other words, receive mercy, and then find or discover that word also means locate grace to help in time of need. So there's two things mentioned here, okay? But just, just real key, okay, where do you find grace? In the throne of grace, you know, with Mr. Grace, right? Mr. Divine, right? The one that can divinely influence you. How are you going to get grace? How are you going to get power? You're going to have to go hang out with the one that has it, praise God. Amen. It's just, it just makes perfect sense, all right? This might kind of start uh, defining why maybe some people have you know, leadings of God or promptings of God or, you know, callings and, 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 and yet they, they might know that they need to do this or do that, but never, ever fulfill it, never, ever see the job uh, or the task uh, come into completion, uh, never see things fulfilled like it should be. And I'm telling you the reason why, okay, is because they're not being graced to do what they need to do. They're not being empowered. They're not being strengthened. They're not giving the hand of God room to move, okay? What happens, they get partway into things, and pretty soon they're doing everything in their own power, everything in their own strength. Pretty soon, man, you just run out of that. You run out of your own strength, run out of your own power, run out of your own, uh, you know, your own works just only get you so far, all right? Now, I'm kind of getting way ahead here, but the bottom line is this is the purpose of grace, all right? But he mentions two things here, mercy and grace. So righteousness has made a way for you to come unto him. But when you get there, there's two things waiting for you if you want it. One of it's mercy, okay? In fact, mercy itself, let me bring this out, okay? Mercy just means compassion, um, uses uh, words like loving kindness or covenant kindness. It means, again, a, a type of favor or good deedliness. But it literally means to work on behalf of or to do an act or an action on behalf of another, uh, to pay a price of. And, I, what I'm, and this is going to make sense because mercy is about eliminating uh, the hindrances, okay, like sin, mistakes, guilt, shame, past, whatever your past, whatever it is. The point I'm trying to make is that when, when you come unto God, okay, uh, mercy is there to cover everything from here on back. It, in a sense, it releases you. From that moment back, that's the cool thing about mercy. But now grace, on the other hand, okay, that divine influence, right, that, that comes upon your heart, amen, grace makes the difference, praise God, that divine power, that divine influence, grace connects you, here we go, to your future or your inheritance or what you're called to, praise God, all right? So let me, let me give you this, okay, so you, you have now have a way unto the Father, Amen. Now, remember, don't forget about this whole series is about reigning in life, about you being uh, successful, grabbing hold and walking this thing out, living this life like you're called to. Amen. To take your position as a king in life, praise God, uh, in this life, taking your place, praise God, as a man, woman of God, a child of God, hallelujah, taking your place, reigning, uh, succeeding, being victorious, triumphant, overcoming, conquering, praise God, being who you're called to be. Well, how is that going to happen? 
Well, you're going to have to receive some things that you're going to have to receive that free gift of righteousness to make a way for you to come unto the one who can release you from your past and empower your future. To That mercy is there to disconnect you from this, this, this thing here on back. In other words, no matter what has happened, no matter the mistakes, the shame, the guilt, whatever, the shortcomings, mercy is there to disconnect you from that so that grace now can empower you to move forward in your future, in your destiny, to fulfill any gifting, calling, leading, bidding, prompting of God. No matter what God is leading you to do, the only way you can do it right and stay on the road you should stay on is you got to be divinely influenced by God. you got to be graced to do it, praise God. Oh, hallelujah. A lot of times there's a mistake about, uh, about grace. People think because you know God, you're automatically graced. All right? You're automatically, uh, you know, graced to do whatever. And, and that's why, uh, because of that misunderstanding, that's why a lot of people never fulfill their giftings and callings. Okay? They just assume because they've accepted Christ that all the rest of it's taken care of. You have to understand, you got to be empowered daily. If you're not being empowered daily, you're being depleted daily. Are you hearing me? you got to be empowered daily. And I'm going to show you some verses on that here in a minute, praise God. Let me give you a reference. Acts 20 and verse 32 talks about the word of His grace, which is able to build you up, okay, which just means to strengthen, reinforce, increase, construct, all that comes in that word to build you up and to give you here we go, an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Well, what does that mean? Well, it just means that word inheritance means to bring forth, bring you toward your, your purpose, your possession, your allotment, everything you're called to, your destiny. Are you hearing me? Your future, praise God. Hallelujah. How do you get connected to that? Well, through this empowerment thing called grace. Amen. So that's why we come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain, that we may grab hold of that mercy. Amen. And then discover and find that, that grace in time of need. Praise God. Hallelujah. You got to spend time with God. Amen. Now, I've done a lot of, a lot of series, uh, you know, teaching on grace that kind of, you know, take a little bit more step by step. I got a lot I'm probably saying here in a short time, uh, but it really just comes down to this. Everything that we're talking about, about reigning in life, it comes down to this. If you're not going to spend time with the one that can empower you, you're not going to reign. It just ain't going to happen. Okay, you're going to struggle like anybody else. That's why we got a lot of Christians. Listen, I'm not condemning anybody. But I'm telling you, this is the truth. We got a lot of Christians living no different than the world. Even though on the inside, they have the greater one on the inside. They might even be filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, they might even at times, amen, open up their Bible, look at it, go to a, um, a, you know, a church and maybe hear some messages once in a while, praise God, that, that maybe uh, lights their fire a little bit. Maybe, you know, get some, you know, at least taken, you know, moving forward a little bit. But see, if we don't have a personal intimate connection with God every day to be empowered, amen, you're probably not going to fulfill the things you're called to fulfill. And as a result of it, you live life no different than the rest of the world does. And, and that's a sad, sad commentary there, but I'm just telling you, that's the truth, okay? So everything we're talking about in this series, okay, about reigning in life, 
It's coming down to this, okay? A way was made for you to come unto God. When you get to God, hallelujah, there's things there that'll disconnect you from anything that would hold you back, amen, and then connect you to that which catapults you forward. And this is what it's about, praise God. And so uh, what we're talking about, of course, today, focusing primarily on the grace. What does that mean? So with that said, let's go to the book of Acts, all right? Hallelujah. Go to the book of Acts. I always think about this. Um, you know, maybe I would have, uh, you know, when he says, you know, come to the throne of grace to obtain uh, 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 mercy and find grace in time of need. I, you know, a lot of times um, people struggle when you bring that out because they say, well, you know, grace is, is, is a free gift. It's, it's free to everybody. Yes, it is free. Okay. But you still have to go get it. And that's the part that some people, you know, stumble on, okay? Uh, they just assume, well, it's free, so I, I should just be operating in it. Well, you have to go to Mr. Divine. You have to go to Mr. Grace, to the throne of grace, to obtain that grace, okay? That's, 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 the, that's the part people sometimes stumble on. Now, I, I, a little analogy. I don't, I don't know if it, makes, if it does anything for you or not, but it, for me, it makes sense, okay? If, if Pastor Jerry says, okay, I want to give you I want to give you a new car, okay, uh, uh, you know, whatever, a new car, truck, whatever you like. Okay? I'm going to give you a new vehicle. Let's just say it that way, all right? And uh, I'm going to give it to you free of charge, amen. I'm, uh, you know, I'm going to give you the title, give you the keys, amen. But all I'm asking is you got to come over to my house and pick it up, okay? If I'm just asking you to come over to the house, pick it up, and it's yours, all right? Now, you know, whether I drove it to you and handed it to you, or whether you came out to the house to pick it up didn't make it any less free. It's still free. But all I asked was you come to the house to pick it up. All right? Now, all God is asking is come to the house and pick it up. It's all free. You can have it. I just need you to come to the house and pick it up. And that's all he's asking, praise God. See, it doesn't make it any less free. It's still free, but we have to go to the house to pick it up. Praise God. Hope that helped. Praise God. In the book of Acts, let's go to chapter 13. Acts 13, please. Praise the Lord. I want to talk a little bit about this thing about grace. Amen. Uh, Acts 13, and let's do, uh, well, verse 43. Let's see. Yeah, let's do that. Verse 43. Let me shift here a little bit. Verse 43. Um, all right, so Acts 13, verse 43 again. Let's see. Let's look at this. It says, Now when the congregation had broken up, many of the Jews and devout proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, I get this, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God, to continue to remain, abide, or stay in here we go, the grace of God, which means, uh, child of God, what he's bringing out here is there's a chance that you may not, okay? There's a chance that you may not remain, okay, abide or stay in that grace, okay? We need, we need to see that, okay? So there's a chance that you may not, okay? So if we're not connecting with Mr. Grace, we're not spending time at the throne of grace, then what happens is we may not even be operating any grace. See, sometimes there's the deception that, you know, it just automatically jumps on you one-time thing or whatever, and then 
you know, whatever. But the problem is, if that was the case, then we wouldn't be, we, he couldn't say then you're, you, you need to continue in it. All right, let's look, let's look at another reference. Let's look at the, uh, let's go to Hebrews. Yeah, we'll go to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12. Let's do that one. All right. Just want to give you a few references on this. Okay, so Hebrews chapter 12, uh, kind of coming in the middle of a sentence here, um, but I just, just to make our point, verse 15, looking carefully uh, or diligently, looking carefully or diligently, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. See, it says here you could actually fall short of the grace of God. What does that mean? Well, it means to be lack of or be deficient of. So he says you could be lack or deficient of the grace of God, okay? So obviously, uh, we don't want to do that, okay? We want to make sure that, uh, that we do not fall short of the grace of God. Let's look at Hebrews, pardon me, Galatians. Let's go to Galatians. I'm sorry, Galatians. Praise the Lord. Galatians, now, chapter 2, and uh, verse 21 says, I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness comes through the law, or by the doing of the law, then Christ died in vain. So he said, I do not set aside the grace of God, which means that you could set the grace of God aside. Now that word means to frustrate, to nullify, or to make void. Okay, so you could frustrate the grace of God. You could nullify the grace of God. You could, see, you could make void the grace. He says, I do not set aside the grace of God, which implies you could. Okay, let's look in, uh, in Galatians still. Let's look at verse, or chapter 5, and verse, let's see here, verse 4. Yep, it says this, uh, you have become in, estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by the law. In other words, by the working or the doing of the law, you doing all that. See, by you trying to justify yourself by the doing of, you have then fallen from grace. Fallen from grace, okay? So you trying to do everything in your own strength, you've now fallen from grace. The word fallen from literally means to be driven off course. So when you're out here trying to justify yourself, you kind of remember we talked about uh, last week talked about the children of Israel, uh, Paul addressing them that you know you're sitting there trying to seek to justify yourself, trying to seek to uh, establish your own righteousness. He says because uh, you will not receive what he's done. Okay. Well, here it says this: you're sitting here trying to justify yourself through the working of the law, through your own energies, your own strength, your own abilities. He says, and the problem is then. Is you drive, you've been, you have fallen from grace or been driven off course of grace. Isn't that amazing? Okay, so praise God. Let's, uh, uh, let's see here. Let's go to, um, I want to go to the Gospel of John. Let's do that. John 1, please. John 1. I'm trying to uh, establish something here uh, before I move on here. But John 1. And it says this in, let's go to verse uh, 14, read a few verses here. It says this, that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Here we go, full of 
grace and truth, right? John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is, pre is preferred before me, for he is or he was before me. All right? And of his fullness we have all received, here we go, and grace for grace. Now, the Amplified brings grace upon grace. So we're talking about not just, you know, there's obviously uh, not just a one-time thing, but this a building of it, more can come, grace upon grace, okay? But verse 17 says, For the law was given through Moses, but here we go, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace and truth. Now, the only reason I, I feel like bringing this, using this reference, okay, if I was to talk to you about, uh, you know, remaining in the truth, um, you know, nobody would argue with the fact that the only way you're going to do that is you're going to have to continue in it. You're going to have to go spend time hearing the truth, reading the truth, meditating on the truth. Uh, nobody would have any, any, uh, any question about that. That makes sense. If you want to know the truth, you're going to have to hear it. You're going to have to read it. You're going to meditate on it. Amen. You're going to have to somehow be influenced by that truth. Grace is no different. He said grace and truth are found in him. Okay, so that means that's why he says come unto him. Come unto the throne of grace to obtain that mercy and find that grace in time of need, praise God. See, it's the same thing. You have to, you have to go after it, praise God. You have to come unto him, amen, and grab hold of that. Now, as I've brought up many times, okay, again, giftings, callings, anointings, biddings, promptings, things that people have been led to do, uh, you know, things that God has called people to do. People have a future, a destiny that's been laid out before them and maybe even, even know by God what they need to do, but yet never fulfill it, okay? Many never fulfill it. Many never walk in that. Why? Because they don't ever get empowered to do it. See, they, they try and they strive to do things, and this is the danger, okay? This is why you're trying to justify, uh, you know, trying to be justified by the working and the doing of your own abilities and strength, trying to, in a sense, uh, you know, trying to, your own self, uh, um, um, uh, you know, just trying, in your own strength and own abilities, you're trying to somehow establish yourself uh, by doing and doing and doing, and in the meantime, you just wear yourself out, okay? The way this thing works is coming unto God, amen, and because of his righteousness, you have a way to God. Amen. So you don't have to worry about, you know, the things holding you back. You have access to him, but then mercy's there to, to disconnect you from any kind of mistake or sin or condemnation or guilt. And then grace is there to, to connect you to your future and empower you to fulfill this thing. That divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life, praise God. This is how it works. And the same way you seek after truth, you seek after grace. That's why Paul could say, continue in the grace of God. Don't be driven off course of the grace of God. Don't nullify the grace of God. Amen. Are you hearing this today? Praise God. I want to use a reference. Let's go to the book of um, Zechariah. Let's do this. Zechariah, kind of maybe, again, another way of maybe bringing this out. Zechariah, hallelujah. Zechariah chapter 4 is where we're going to go here. Praise the Lord. Zechariah chapter 4. And I'm going to read uh, a common verse, but maybe read a little bit more in this, and then 
again, try to, try to bring this out in a way that you can grab hold of this. But verse 6 of chapter 4 of Zechariah says this, So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Now, Zerubbabel, of course, if you remember, is the governor of Judah, okay, and has been given a task, amen, to complete, to finish, okay, uh, the building of, uh, of the temple, okay, to get it done, get the job done here. So he said, this is the word of the Lord to, to, to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. In other words, it ain't by your, he's talking about this, it ain't by your might, it ain't by your power, but it's by my spirit. In other words, me breathing, and that word means breath, or me breathing, me empowering you, right? And he says this, says the Lord of hosts, who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. In other words, the mountain is the task at hand. It's the obstacle in front, okay, that thing that towers in front. See, what the problem was, Zerubbabel was seeing that this job was a lot bigger than he thought. It was dragging on longer than he thought. So this thing looked like a mountain before him. But he said, listen, it's not by your strength. It's not by your power. Now, most Christians, you know, we, we know that verse, okay? You, you don't have to be in this very long to hear that, and, and most people will agree when you say, it ain't by your strength, it ain't by your power. They go, yeah, amen. But then they turn around and they do, try to do everything in their own strength and their own power. Okay, and that's what happens. Then we get wore out and beat down, and pretty soon we're giving up, we're quitting, we're, we're caving every time the pressure's on. And again, I'm not trying to, you know, trying to, uh, you know, uh, rain on anybody's parade here. I'm just trying to tell you, praise God, this is how this stuff works. This is why a lot of times things don't get completed, things don't get finished, okay? See, Zerubbabel, you know, because of everything, the task seems so big, pretty soon he's just kind of, you know, less and less doing it pretty soon. Next thing you know, he's not doing it at all. And he's getting a word of God. Listen, you are given a task to get this job done. And he says, it's not by your might. It's not, I'm not asking you to do this in your might. I'm not asking you to do this in your strength. I'm not asking you to do this in your own power. I'm not asking you to do this thing, you know, by your own, you know, straining and striving. I'm asking you to let me breathe into you every day. Let me empower you every day, and you can get this thing done. And this mountain will become a plain before you. And then it says this, I'm in verse 7 again. Let me read the whole verse again. You are, uh, who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain. And it says, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace grace to it. In other words, we're going to get this thing finished, amen, with shouts of grace, grace unto it. Isn't it amazing how that comes in? And we're even talking old covenant here. This is amazing. Amen. This is what he's talking about, praise God. In other words, the only way that this thing is going to get done, amen, he literally, in fact, this word here when it says, um, with shouts of grace, grace, amen. He's talking about uh, uh, the loud, the clamoring, the, uh, you know, you're, you're making this declaration. You're making a stand in grace. It's the grace. It's in grace. It's in his grace that I can do this, praise God. I can finish this. I'm empowered by him. He's breathing into me. He's empowering me, praise God, to do this. And see, the only way it's going to get done, any job, any task, anything you've been called to do in God is going to be by the grace of God. Amen. This is how we reign in life. Praise God. 
We reign in life. This is what we're called to do. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is good. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Reigning in life. Praise God. So just like Zerubbabel, okay, was able then to complete the task. Amen. The same way as how you and me complete the task. Going before God and letting God empower us. Amen. Praise God. Let's see if I need to go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's do this. Um, Let's go back to Romans. Let's do that. Back to Romans in chapter 5 again. And I want to bring, I think it'd be worthy of talking this. Went too far there. There we go. Romans chapter 5. I want to read a couple verses here. Um, In verse 20 of Romans 5, we've already read it, but let's read it again. It says, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, okay, in other words, uh, whatever shortcoming it may be, grace abounds much more. Now, hang on to that. Let's go into the next chapter, chapter five or chapter six now. And I brought some of this out last week, um, but let's let's read a couple things here. It says in verse fourteen, for sin shall not have dominion over you. In other words, it shall not hold power over you. It shall not keep you under, okay? Sin shall not have dominion, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Now, a lot of times we've heard that, right? But see, sometimes, again, what happens, we get it, we mix it up a little bit. We start thinking, well, we start somehow seeing grace as like mercy when it ain't mercy. Mercy's different, okay? Grace is the empowerment, okay? Now, mercy's necessary, as we talked about earlier, okay? You want mercy there to help disconnect you from anything holding you back, but grace is there to empower you to move forward. Now, we're talking about, you know, the law. uh, We're talking about now, uh, you know, you're not under the law, which means you're, you're not under this thing of having to perform having to do enough good things or do the, you know, do the do's and don't do the don'ts kind of thing, you know. That's not what it's about. See, this ain't how it works. You're going to have to be empowered to walk free from some of these things. Not only like in the tasks and the things that you're called to do, but sometimes people struggle with with things of, uh, you know, of, of a sin nature, things that they, you know, like Paul said, see, sometimes... Man, sometimes I do the things I don't want to do and don't do the things I want to do. And man, that's, that's what's he talking about? He's talking about that, how that, that, that mess, that stuff tries to hold you under. In other words, sin is trying to have dominion over you, hold you down, uh, you know, hold uh, authority over you, keep you under when all along you've been, you have the empowerment available to walk free from all that mess. All right. You're not under that law. You're not under that. It ain't about do's and don'ts, do enough good, uh, you know, don't do the things you should. I mean, it isn't about the doing. It's about the empowerment. Once you get empowered, all of a sudden you walk free from that mess. And then you're not doing the things you shouldn't do and you're doing the things you should do. Praise God. Why? Because of the fact you're empowered. Amen. And this is so key. I just, I just felt like I wanted to throw that out there too because I've seen a lot of times where people just struggle with their walk. And then when we're talking about reigning in life, 
Amen. It's hard to reign in life when, when you constantly feel like you're under everything. Okay? So what we're talking about again, can't stress it enough, God has made a way. How do you reign in life? By the receiving. Amen. What do you receive? You receive that abundance of grace and of that free gift of righteousness. Well, righteousness made a way for you to come unto the Father. Amen. When you come unto the Father, there's that grace, that grace there to empower you to succeed no matter what it is. Again, not letting loose of what mercy, right? Mercy disconnects, kind of covers, amen, whatever it is here uh, that tries to hold you. But grace is what empowers you, all right? So we're really uh, stressing today about the empowerment that's available for you to walk free, amen, not only from, from sin, not only from mistakes, shortcomings, praise God, but also, amen, that empowerment is there, amen, to empower you, to grab hold of your future, your destiny to fulfill all that you're called to fulfill in God. Praise God. I hope you got something today. We'll see you next week. Praise God with some more of this. Praise God. Father, I give praise and glory once again for your, uh, for your word and for a people that had an ear to hear it, a heart to receive. And thank you again for opening the eyes of our understanding. Father, I give you praise and I give you glory for it. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Child of God, I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WOVictory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.